Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. Lollipop, lollipop. Hello and welcome to SyrupCast episode 17. Sponsored by... What are we sponsored by this week, Jane? Water. Lollipops. By lollipops. No, um, we are sponsored by tea. Tea and water. Another sober cast. Oh, God. Well, this one will be more exciting. Last week, we nearly put ourselves to sleep. Oh, no. But it was it was a good it was a good podcast full of good... Wait, given uh, what we had to work with, there wasn't a whole lot going on last week. It's true. This week, however, ah. is uh, awesome. This week was really exciting. And uh, I'm I'm excited to talk to you about it. So let's let's start. We we had a really busy week. We had uh, kind of a out of the blue um, announcement of the Nexus Six, Nexus Nine, and Android 5.0 Lollipop on Wednesday. Mm. Lollipop, 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 oh lolly. <laughs> and um, then on Thursday was the pre-announced Apple event, which was kind of a snooze fest, but was really interesting in a oh, couple boring. of ways. Uh, it was interesting for the fact that it wasn't interesting, and I, and I think yeah. we'll, we'll get to that later. So, yeah. um, but first, let's let's talk about how freaking expensive the Nexus Six is, uh, because I think me. that's going to be the that's going to be the point, the pain point for most Canadians buying the phone. And and I just want to say that it's not a matter of it being considerably more expensive than last year because the Nexus the Nexus 5 was an expensive phone it was just that Google subsidized the cost of the phone on the Play Store so the cost that you spent $349 for the 16 gig and $399 for the 32 gig that was considerably uh, less than what you would pay if you went to a carrier and bought it outright which was usually in the $5 to $600 range okay so, I don't know if I agree with the word subsidy there because I don't feel like it is a subsidy because usually you associate subsidies with like carrier carrier subsidy where you're you're they're they're shouldering part of the cost in exchange for you signing a contract. But if Google is just selling you the phone outright for that price, I don't think it counts as a subsidy. I think it counts as Google saying it's ours, so we'll sell it for what we want. Okay, what I mean by a subsidy is that they were selling it at a loss in order to get the Nexus name out there. Okay. They it was a loss yeah. leader for Nexus for Google because they were trying to push the idea of a Nexus phone being a mainstream product, and I think that's exactly what happened because with the Nexus Four, uh, it was a it was a good product, but it was not entirely successful uh, no. in terms of sales, and the Nexus Five was considerably more so because it had a lot of that carrier backing, and I think with the rumor of of Android Silver. Where, ne- where Google was going to partner with companies like Samsung and HTC and LG to create these Play Store edition-like devices sold in carrier stores to compete with the iPhone, that kind of fell by the wayside. 
And I think what happened was that the Nexus 6 became the replacement for Android Silver, where instead of being sold for not a subsidy but a discount or whatever on the Play Store, Google is now partnering with the carriers for the most part to sell this device. So they're doing exactly what Apple does with the iPhone. They're selling it unlocked off their online store and then they'll partner with the carriers to sell it at a subsidized cost. Right. So, yeah, I mean, $749, that's $100 more than in the U.S. Uh, We can only assume that the 64-gig version is going to be $100 more as well. So, you know, uh, $749 and $849. That's a lot of of money for a phone. You're killing us. It's crazy. It's not cheap in the U.S. either. Like I know that we're saying we're getting screwed in Canada, but it's not like six six forty nine is not a cheap phone either. Like it's expensive. No, it's not. And and I think that when we see the price at, at carriers, it's going to be very similar to uh, the price of the high end Android phones from other companies like Samsung yeah. and HTC. So I mean, if you think about it, six hundred forty nine dollars is not a whole lot of money to spend on a on a phone, but it's just that nobody buys a phone for that amount, right? right? You don't usually go into a carrier store and say, hey, I'll buy your locked uh, you know, Samsung Galaxy S5 for $700. Right. right. You just buy it on contract because that's how Canadians and most people in North America buy their phones. Hmm. But this is different. We're used to the Nexus being cheap. I guess yeah, we, had, we not, had it good. I feel like the Nexus 4, because the Nexus 4, I feel, was a slightly lower spec device that you could kind of say, well... It's not the most powerful phone out there, so it makes sense that it's it's like it's more budget friendly. But the Nexus Five was was an awesome device when it came out. Like it still is, like specs wise. Like they're still selling it. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't. And so that was just that was just a high end phone priced extremely competitively. So yeah, I think that this is. I mean, they're coming up to where everyone else is. Like they're in line with like well, like the the Note Four and and the iPhone and stuff. But it's still like hurts like i feel but like it's, this expectation that we feel like they should be cheaper than than everyone else yeah but at the same time even though the nexus 5 was a high-end device when it launched it still lacked a couple key features it did but if you looked at the if you look at the spec sheet like if you looked at that on paper next to like a phone that was announced during the same time or even a bit before it was like it was still it, it, it wasn't like it wasn't a landslide like it wouldn't it could go toe-to-toe with the best i think it but, could right but then with this, you have basically the best phone on the market, period. Or at least specs-wise, the best phone on the market. Right. Um, you know, it's like this is going to be only the second phone released in Canada with a QHD display. Or, sorry, the third after the LG G3 and the Note 4. Um, it's going to have – it's going to be the second device with the Snapdragon 805. It's going to have – a 13 megapixel camera with OIS and an f2.0 lens, which is pretty amazing. It's got wireless charging. It's got a huge battery, like 3,200 milliamp hour battery. I mean, this is a powerhouse. This is a phone that from any other company, we'd be like, yeah, of course it's $749. What are you talking about? So Yeah, it's weird. I don't know if it's that... If another company had announced this, I, I don't know, was it the rumors or something? But we kind of knew a lot about the device before before it was announced. So the only the only thing that we didn't know really was the price. Yeah, that's why it was surprising. Everyone's like, "Holy shit, that's how much it costs!" It's because they're they were like, "Yeah, yeah, they kind of we'd kind of made peace with the specs and we we knew what we were getting. We just didn't know how much they were going to charge us for it." 
And then we were expecting it to be kind of like, oh, maybe it'll be like, like five forty nine, maybe six hundred. But the fact yeah. that seven hundred fifty dollars in Canada is like. I think that's really what it was, is that it, it wasn't that it was more expensive, it's that it was, like, that much more expensive. Yeah. And, you know, we're... But I also think we've taken it for granted, because if you remember the first Nexus, the Nexus 1, that launched at 549 US. Yeah. So that wasn't cheap either, especially in nope. 2010. So it was only when the Nexus, when the Galaxy Nexus came out, and remember, the Galaxy Nexus wasn't even offered unlocked on the Play Store at first either. It was actually sold through Best Buy, almost yeah. exclusively on contract. So it was only once Google I.O. came out, I believe, or Google I.O. happened, that uh, the company started selling it unlocked on the Play Store. Was it that it was sold through Best Buy locked, but it wasn't, it wasn't on contract? I don't think it was ever locked. But there was a there was a mess up. I forget. I think there was a, yeah. a screw up in Canada. Remember how it was updated directly from Samsung, and everybody yeah. got their updates late, or they just weren't updated at all. So then they had to like do some XDA magic and change it over to. Remember Yakju, mm. Yakju yeah. and Yakju X. The whole thing that made me so mad because it was like that was the whole reason people bought the phone. Yeah, exactly. And they got screwed anyway. Well, that um, phone just had so many problems. And the screen sucked. So glitchy and shitty. Um, so are you going to buy it? Would you buy it? Would you recommend anybody buy it? Uh, yeah, I think if you're going to put it head-to-head with any Android phone, from from a, from a like a, just a walk into a carrier store, and you have a Galaxy Note 4 and a Nexus 6 and... A bunch of other enormous devices. Uh, I mean, it's really up against the iPhone 6 Plus and the Note 4 in terms of screen right. size. Like, those are its two major competitors. Yeah. And I do think that Apple is is kind of making big phones more acceptable. So there's going to be a halo effect from having the iPhone 6 Plus in as many hands as it's been... Even if nobody wants an, even if Android users are like, no, screw that, I don't want an iPhone. Yeah. They'll still be like, oh, okay, well, you know, big phones are now okay. Yeah, they're not ridiculous then, anymore. But I mean, they're still ridiculous. Like, don't get me wrong, they're enormous. The, the physical size hasn't gotten any smaller. But I think that we'll see. Like, I did a bit of a comparison in terms of volume, and I saw that the Nexus Six is only slightly smaller than the Huawei Ascend Mate Two. Yeah. So you it's remember like 5. that phone? Five point nine six. Is it five point five or nine? Five point nine five. Six. Five point nine six. Yeah. But and just in terms of the physical res, like just in terms of the physical dimensions of, of it. Yeah. It's it's only like, it's very similar to the Ascend Mate two. What's the size of the the six plus? I think the six plus is taller than the note than the Nexus six, but it's not wider. I think, don't you get more screen out of the Nexus 6 too? You do, but that's because Motorola has no bezels. Like, Moto, yeah. the Moto X, as I noted in my review, has, like, almost zero bezels. Mm. And they did the same thing with the Nexus, with the Moto X and the new Moto X and the Moto G. Like, they're a good company. That I mean, I'm glad that Motorola is the Nexus builder here because, A, they need better publicity than they've received with the Moto X itself. 
and uh, I like that uh, their final like swan song with Google is to release the Nexus. Yeah, it's sad too. I wonder. I wonder how it's going to go. I know it's a long way away, but next year when when presumably the deal with Lenovo have gone through, and I wonder will they still be allowed to work with Google in that sense? I allowed. Mean, Google, Google, well, Google. I mean, will Lenovo still see it as like a positive move? I hope so. I mean, I feel like Lenovo is like a company that's is very kind of practical in a sense of like, hey, money's money. Like this is a company that bought Motorola Mobility because they were they didn't think it was worth their while to to gain their own entry into the U.S. market with carrier relationships and, and they couldn't share. have they done like, it. Hey, it was, yeah, it was they were just, just like, just buy someone. But that so was. I feel like. I mean, that was essentially what Facebook did with WhatsApp, right? They're like, exactly. oh, we we can't get Facebook Messenger into you know, Saudi Arabia, so let's buy the most popular messaging app in Saudi Arabia. It's the exact same thing. Right. Uh, so um, I feel like Lenovo probably would be open to me, like, hey, sure, yeah, we'll build you a phone. Why not? I think Lenovo is by far the best company to buy Motorola. They have done a fantastic job. I mean, you know, speak about Ashton Kutcher what you will, but that's another device, the, the new Yoga 2. Tablet. To pro. pro, no pro tablet. Wait, wait, no. The, the pro comes last. It's tablet two pro. Yoga tablet two pro ultimate edition Windows eight point one version LE RT. That, but the the Pico projector version is Android, right? Yeah, I mean it's all like the the good one is Android, the bad one is Windows, <laughs> and Hey-o. you know I saw the first Lenovo tablet, the, the Android tablet that they built last year. And this is a, like, it's it's not even in the same ballpark. That one was running a, media, like a, a, a MediaTek, like a piece of crap MediaTek yeah. chip. It had a low-resolution screen. It had no memory. It was running this awful version of Android. Uh, they've come a long way. The, the Yoga tablet looks like a decent product. And, you know, if they can do to tablets what they did to PCs, then I don't think they ha- we have anything to worry about with Motorola. But for tablets, it's like, I don't know, you're talking about if they can do tablets with different PCs, like that that kind of is, like right now I feel tablets are in a place of like we don't really know where they're going or what they're doing. That's right, but, but I also think that Lenovo understands that most of its clients, most of its PC buyers are in the business space, right. and that if they cater, like what BlackBerry's doing, but on a more hardware level, if they cater their devices to a specific niche and make enough of them then people are going to and focus on quality people are going to buy them and i think that with something like the yoga tablet 2 pro you have a device that's practical for most people but extremely useful for business professionals who would actually need that Pico projector. Right. And that's what i didn't get is that their their ad seemed to be so focused on consumers and like like hot young people on road trips and like using this giant 13 inch tablet for like as a consumer device and I, I felt like they totally went the wrong direction I don't know if they had other ads oh I'm sure they the did the actual real case use of that which is you're probably going to do a pre- like put a presentation up there yeah I don't I don't see any of my friends buying a Lenovo Yoga Tablet Pro 2 Ultimate Edition you know because they want a big screen and a Pico projector like, like, <laughs> I don't ever see myself wanting to use it. Like, I keep, I keep trying to pick up the, the, the Surface Three, 
and like trying to use it as a as a tablet and i'm just like this is way too big yeah like this is massive nice piece of hardware but it's massive yeah and it's got windows 8 on it which is icky so let's let's transition a little bit. Um, so one, one thing that we didn't that wasn't announced yesterday at the uh, Apple event was the iPad Pro, and you know just speaking of big tablets, is that a thing? Were people really expecting that? No, I think so. I think that there is this expectation that eventually an iPad Pro will happen. Um, I certainly do. I think that Apple, you know, these like over I think, the last yeah because because of their their partnership with IBM, yeah. But I don't, I don't, I w- like I would have been super surprised if we saw it yesterday. Right, and I, I agree with that for sure. But I also think um, that the announcements yesterday were just a precursor to what Apple is inevitably going to do with iOS in uh, splitting it into sort of a consumer-based operating system and a more productivity-based operating system. And I see them introducing things like multitasking or side-by-side apps um, you know, with, a, with an API, like certainly not the way that Samsung's doing it on Android. But um, I, I see them doing it in, in, in a very Apple way, right? Every app will have to be approved, and um, you know, they will have very limited crossover functionality. But I feel like, the, like, I feel like iOS and, and I guess by extension the iPad still has so far to go for productivity. Like, they talked yesterday about iWork, and they were like, oh, it's, did they say it was the most popular productivity app? Like, well, it has to be because it's it pre-installed on all the new but, phones like, and tablets. Do you know anybody who uses iWork, like... Who doesn't just open it by accident and go, oh, I clicked on iWork again, and then close it. I, again, like, like we're, not, we're not the right people to ask. You know, all of our friends are, are Google users. Not even, not yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just, I was speaking to somebody today about, you know, what she uses her iPad for. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I don't even own a laptop. I just go home. Yeah, and, and those people are, are not us. Like, they live on a different planet. Totally, but that, I mean, those are the people who have bought 225 million iPads over the last four right. years. Right, and those are the same people who, like, I know, like, my my oldest brother was really, or my older brother was really late to the smartphone thing, and he he got a, he got like a Galaxy S3 when like soon after it came out. But he told me six months later, he was like, I haven't used my laptop since I got this phone, and I was right. like. That's, then that's what I feel like tablets are. It's like people who don't need a computer but had one because that was the only way to use Facebook. <laughs> well, I still think Facebook is a be- is a better experience on a tablet than it is on a PC. Right, just because why they're not using their computers anymore. And, and an increasing number of companies are going mobile first, right? They're going touch first. They're going mobile design first. And, you know, you can't really use something like Instagram on your laptop, right? And so no. many people live on Instagram. You can't... Twitter, in my opinion, is a better experience on a phone than it is on the PC. I, I, I use TweetDeck for work. But, I mean, in all honesty, I prefer TweetBot over any other client. And even the Android Twitter client is not terrible. Um, and I just think that there are so many mobile-first applications that companies have invested so much time into improving on mobile before you know rolling it out to desktop right. and i and i think that's you know apple is saying with the with continuity and with handoff we know that you spend more time on ios but the time that you spend on your laptop or your or your tablet we're going to make that just as productive for you right so you, you you can read a web page on your iphone and it'll go to your ipad or your mac and vice versa and you can you know forward a call from your right. iphone to your mac 
and make and receive texts and all that stuff. And it's like, the, this is a really great way to say, we understand how you use your products. You're using your phone mo like more than any of our other products, but we will make it worth your while to invest in the Apple ecosystem. You know, Google actually is doing the same thing with Lollipop. And uh, that was one of the major things yesterday or on Wednesday when they updated the Lollipop page. It was the first thing that they showed on the new Lollipop page is work well with your Android Wear watch and your Android and your Chrome browser with Android. Right. Like these are big things. They These are... These are things that get people invested in a platform. Do you think that's why? Do you think that's why the, the iPad Mini like they still have that? Like they have it like what is it two two fifty nine or something? So how much it costs? Well, and, oh, yeah. So are you talking about the old iPad Mini? Yeah. Like like the original. That's, do you think that's why they have yeah, like that's like we talked about this yesterday? We're like that's going to be out of date in a year. Like the hardware just isn't there. So do you think that that's why? Because they they just need to get people into their ecosystem and then at a low cost. Well, yeah, I mean, I, th I think that's not that's not their end goal here. I think no. their end goal here is to get people buying an iPad who wouldn't have I mean. otherwise so purchased an iPad. To, you just need to get them in with the cheapest option and then next year they'll say, hey, I've actually been using this. I should buy a new one because this one's a piece of shit now. <laughs> because the entry-level iPad mini will be a piece of shit now um, Which is, in a few years' time. I mean, I don't understand the fact that it's only $50 less Fifty dollars less than the uh, than the they iPad too. They just need it to be, I guess, as attractive as possible to get people in the door. Like that's what it is, right? And then in a year's time, they can people will want to upgrade if they've been using. People will want to upgrade, and if they haven't been using it, they'll be like, oh well, it was only two hundred fifty bucks. Like, who cares? I don't think people think about stuff like that. I, I think actually people are are very self conscious about the amount of money they spend on tech. Um, and I I would love to kind of know a little bit more about how. Um, you know, people make those buying decisions because tablets, tablets are yes, they're at the point where they're sort of they can be throwaway. You know, at two hundred and seventy nine dollars, it has the potential to be a throwaway purchase. But I also understand that nothing is a throwaway purchase anymore, right? People are very well educated about the products that they buy, and three hundred dollars is not is is very. Oh, sorry, hang on, we're we're getting some some people testing the. Uh, the audio? The audio. All right, never mind. We're good. <laughs> we're, we're in and out. Uh, no, space. but that's what I'm saying is that I feel like I feel like $300, especially when you're looking at people who are considering spending like $600 on a phone. But I they're not like spending $600 on a phone. Like, okay, think about it. Okay, that's still their argument. <laughs> I'm just that saying that this is not an expensive tablet. This is not a case of people saying like, I don't know if I'm going to use an iPad. I don't know if it's worth it. Should I spend this money? It's like two hundred. Like how much is it? Two hundred fifty? Two hundred seventy nine? It's two hundred seventy nine bucks. It's three. Two hundred seventy nine dollars. That's right. right. So I feel like I would be, if that was me. That's not a huge, big ticket item, and like, I'm not like, I'm not like balling out of control. I don't like. I don't make fortune. I'm just saying that even. I'm, I'm not, I would I would probably be more likely to buy it if I if I thought I might use it. I would be like, oh sure, what the fuck? I'm just gonna buy it, and you know, we'll see. And then okay. if in a year I was using it, I would buy the next model up because I would be like, this is a very valuable item to me. And if I wasn't using it, I would be like, eh. It but only then, cost me if you okay, you're, that's that's complete bullshit. Nobody buys things like that. You are a tech buyer, and you buy things completely differently to regular people. Somebody is going to buy this for. They're going to look at the iPads. There are now five iPads, and they're going to say, 
Okay, I want to buy my nephew an iPad for Christmas. I could buy him the iPad 2, which is still, or the iPad Mini 2, which is still a, a which is a great device. Great but device. there's, but there's that iPad Mini. It's fifty dollars cheaper, and fuck it, I'll save fifty dollars and I'll take myself out to lunch. That is how most people are going to justify buying the entry level iPad. They don't know the difference between an A5 and an A7 chip. They don't care that it doesn't have a Retina display. They see it running iOS and they go, "Okay, it's a good tablet. It's it's an Apple iPad, and I'm going to save myself that money." If you are, if you consciously know the difference between an iPad, that's Mini, buying it for someone else. So that's a completely different. That's completely different because you yourself are not going to be using it, so you don't have to make those decisions about what's best for you. But I also think that same decision-making process applies to most people when buying it for themselves. If you're not invested in a specific ecosystem yet, and if you just want a basic tablet, a $279 tablet seems a lot cheaper than a $329 tablet. I mean, yeah, that's, so that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like people are going to buy the entry-level one because they're going to say, hey, like, it's the cheapest one and I'll, I'll upgrade if I use it. I feel like people will be more open to upgrade after they've after they, if I people feel like people will definitely that will be the most popular option. I think the I entry think level version. It, I, I hope you're right. I hope that I hope that's not the case. Rather, I think what? that people shouldn't be buying that entry level tablet. If no, I don't think they should be either. But I think people will. I, I agree with that I would agree with that. But the only reason is that Apple doesn't disclose how many versions of iOS an, an older tablet is going to get. But it also is very apparent that the iPhone, that the iPad Mini, the original, is not going to receive iOS 9. So they're selling a tablet for the next year that is probably not going to receive exactly. w- even one more version of iOS. Which is, that's what I'm saying. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about why people buy it or why people would buy that versus the iPad Mini 2. I'm talking about Apple's motivation for selling this. Like, do you think that's literally just a case of they're like, hey, we could sell this for another year, we should. Or is it a case of... We should hook people with a very cheap, affordable, attractive option that's going to be out of date in a year that they're going to need to upgrade. They know that in the U.S. it's two hundred and forty-nine dollars, which is where you know this—that's that's how they make their prices. Um, and I think that that's exactly it. They want a tablet right. on the market for under two hundred and fifty dollars. It's the first iPad that they've ever sold under two hundred and fifty dollars. It's exactly. the same reason they sold the iPhone four for like 10 years after it came out and you know it was a decent phone until to i mean people still i still know people who use the iphone 4 it works for them so yeah i mean sure people i mean again if somebody buys an ipad an ipad mini with ios 8 pre-installed and it isn't updated to ios 9 i don't think a lot of people are going to shed shed many tears largely because most people don't really know the differences you know okay well so here's 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 a better question do you think that the iPads release next year will be like worth upgrading to? I know that's it's a hard question because it's like well, we don't know what they're gonna have, but I feel like this year's this year's iPads were like this is such a boring event. Yeah, I think that this was the equivalent of an iPhone 6s or an iPhone 5s release. It was the talk year for the iPads in a TikTok cycle, and I think that's been very apparent that the iPhone. Um, has taken that that sort of uh, every two year update schedule, 
um, for major releases, but it wasn't so apparent that the iPad would be doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, because it, they they really messed up some of the iPads, right? Like the iPad Two was an amazing upgrade over the over the one. It was thinner. Mm-hmm. It was a way 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 faster. The iPad Three was actually kind of a regression. It was more expensive. It was it was more. Uh, it was heavier. It wasn't quite as as. It was just. It, it wasn't as nice because it was heavier and thicker. Then the iPad 4 was merely just a faster version of the 3 with the lightning adapter. Then we have the iPad Air and the iPad Mini with Retina. You know, these are like, it was never quite, it was never really apparent what Apple was doing with their iPads. They were just kind of bringing features to market as soon as they were available. With the iPad Air 2, it's clear that this is the S version of the iPad. Hmm. And and I think that, yes, next year they're going to do something drastic and I, I don't know what it is because they're not going to make it any thinner. 6.1 millimeters is about as thick as they can make it uh, without sacrificing battery life. Right. And, um, or about as thin as they can make it without sacrificing battery life. And I just don't see where else they can go. I mean, thinness is, and lightness is really their, their that was their, um, their main reason for building the iPad Air 2 is making it thinner and lighter. But at some point, they have to start making decisions, other than you know, other than aesthetic decisions that positively affect the user experience. And, I think you know, it was they, just yeah. Go ahead. I don't know. I just think it was weird. Like this event felt like Apple wasn't busy. Like it felt like they just they just threw in a couple extra features because they needed to do an upgrade because it was November or October or wherever we're in now. And I feel like I feel like they. If they had talked about more about enterprise and talked more about productivity, they could have seemed like I don't know. Just it felt like it felt so lackluster. It felt like they didn't care. Like they were just like, yeah, here's more iPads, like whatever. And I think next year will yeah will obviously bring a lot more about enterprise and all that kind of stuff. And they touched on enterprise. They they kind of pushed productivity a tiny bit, but it felt really just weak. You know, what was interesting to me as well was that with the, with the iPad Air and the iPad Mini with Retina, they took the same A7 chip that was in the iPhone 5S, same one, and they yeah. just stuck it in there, right? It was the 64-bit chip. It was, yeah. um, you know, the, it had that next generation uh, PowerVR 6 series GPU. With the A8X, they've clearly done what they did with the, you know, A5X and A6X, in the sense that they took the same CPU and they just doubled the cores in the GPU. Now, why did they do that? Clearly, the GPU is incredibly fast in the A8. Like, on its own, yeah. it's still, they said, 50% faster than the GPU in the A7. Why do they need to upgrade the GPU on a, on, on a device that's the same resolution as it's been for, like, three years now, or two years? Um, clearly, they're planning ahead. The A8X is not for the iPad Air 2, right? right? I don't think it's being. I don't think it's benefiting anything. They could have easily put the A8 in there. I think that they're preparing for a larger, higher resolution iPad. Um, you know, it, it was indicative of what. Do you think that a lot of the the features added, like Touch ID, were are are, are prepped for that? Like, so if you say like a larger iPad or or yeah, like like an iPad Pro that's geared towards enterprise, where Touch ID will be very useful. Do you think that? 
I, I, I was hoping to see something more with Touch ID this year. You know, the fact that they, they, they left out user profiles or even even just like user preferences in general, you know? Yeah. Like, let me, let me download an app and, and let's use Netflix for an example. Let me download Netflix and have password-protected user profiles. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really care who uses my Netflix profile, but somebody might. So password-protect apps that have multiple profile support with Touch ID. Boom. Like how yeah. even, even that would have blown people away, but nothing. They didn't even allow – I mean, Apple Pay was, was kind of a side benefit, but, but that was even – But who's going to pay for anything with their iPad? No, no, no. It's not even the in-store Apple Pay. It's it's in-app Apple Pay. Okay. It's only apps that support it, which is still barely usable, right? Yeah. So. Oh. I don't know. So and it I, is. It's weird. Yeah, you're right. When you said at the start, you were like, this is like probably the most boring Apple event in a while. But it was also super interesting because on the one hand, you were, you were trying to stay awake. But on the other hand, you were like, seriously? Like, I shouldn't be trying to stay awake here. Yeah, and the other thing that I that I found really interesting is um, this in this integrated SIM card. So let's talk about that for a second. Okay, this is so, US and UK only, right? Right now it is, but yeah. I I suspect that it's going to roll out to other countries. And Canada is a prime candidate for something yeah. like this right because all of our networks basically use the same uh, frequencies, right? We have yeah. Rogers, Bell, and Telus on um, AWS LTE. 850 and 1900 3G. We have 700 megahertz uh, LTE rolling out this year. We have some 2600 megahertz rolling out on Bell and Rogers. So it's they're basically interchangeable net, um, network-wise. Yeah. Uh, this could have been easily done on Apple's part. They just probably didn't have the cooperation of Rogers, Telus, and Bell yet. So, mm. but I find it very fascinating that this could be a model used for smartphones. Um, and Apple could essentially become a carrier itself, right? Which would yeah, undermine well, everything yeah. that the carriers want because uh, you'd be able to go into an Apple store, buy a buy a, a buy an iPhone. Say you buy an iPhone six, which is seven hundred and fifty dollars, unlocked, and then Apple would help you finance it as long as they had the cooperation of the carriers. So they would essentially become like an NVNO, where they would just... Sort of, but they'd, they'd be doing financing on hardware, and then yeah. all you would do is you would go into the settings on your phone and choose which uh, carrier you wanted service with. So, you know, that would be super interesting, because uh, right now the carriers are... They're, they're forced to abide by the wireless code of conduct. So if you buy a phone outright, they can't charge you... Um, any cancellation fees above the cost of the phone and you haven't purchased anything on contract so you, all you can do is you, you should be able to cancel your, your contract or your service the day of, right? You don't have to give 30 days anymore. That's part of the wireless code. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. So in theory, I should just be able to go to the menu, pick a data plan that I want, pick a, a voice plan and, and text plan that I want, and use it until I don't want it anymore, cancel it, and then go to another carrier the next day using the, that same SIM card. Right. Like, that's, to me, an amazing advancement in the way that we buy our cell service. Yeah, for sure. What? I don't know when it's... I don't know when they're going to expand that. And I like... As you say, like, they need the cooperation of the carriers on a local level. And I don't... Yeah, and I think it's probably just... They're going to get it? It's an infrastructure issue, too. Rogers and Bell and TELUS may not have that capability yet. They may not work as closely with with Apple as uh, T-Mobile, Sprint, and uh, AT&T do. And it's interesting that Verizon is an outlier here because the iPad Air Air 2 does support Verizon bands. It's just that the carrier decided they didn't want to participate in the program. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of weird. Yeah. But um, let, let's talk about. Let, I know we're jumping around a lot, but let's talk about the Nexus Nine. I've I've seen it. I saw it while I was at, um, while I was in New York for the uh, for the recamera event. They they had it one there, and, and I wasn't allowed to talk to talk about it until uh, it was announced. But I got to play with it for a few minutes, and it was really really nice. I think that it's a really high end tablet, but it's still. Daniel a, has toned down his description of the Nexus Nine since this event because he got back and like told it to me like it was a freaking erotic novel because that's how nice it was in person yeah i i mean i was i was pretty hyped about it but then i was like oh right it's an android tablet yeah you know you said, you said that too you you outright said like like this isn't the girl you marry <laughs> but you you still were like it's beautiful it is beautiful it's, it's really i mean it's htc right they make the best looking smartphones in the world Right. And uh, they've done really, they've done a beautiful job here. It's got a metal trim. Uh, it's got a really nice rubberized back. Uh, the screen is delicious. Like it's just the best, one of the best looking tablet screens I've ever seen. Um, but it's also, you know, I wasn't really able to play with anything on L. And I just, I, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried that Android developers have given up on tablets. And yeah, material design is going to, you know, get them interested again. But, but, you know, we, sit, we have an app issue on the iPad, and the iPad is ten times the size of the app ecosystem as, as, as Google. And I'm just worried that people are just going to be like, well, I don't really want to build another tablet app, so I'm just not going to. However easy, right. however easy Google makes it, I'm just not going to do it. So, you know, I mean, I, I hope to be proven wrong here. I hope that with uh, the Android Lollipop SDK and the updated developer tools and with material design guidelines, it's really, really easy to make a, a universal app that's really right. nice on both the phone and the tablet. But and we'll, also, wait, we'll have to it, wait and see. And also can be extended to, like, Android Auto and, and all that. Like, they're also making that super easy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Android Wear, I guess, potentially. Mm-hmm. We're still, you know, we're still waiting on that watch face at, uh, SDK. Ugh. <laughs> I'm aging as they as they make me wait. Like it's ridiculous. But they so talked you, yesterday. Sorry. We're are you, are you still talking. wearing your your Moto 360? Yeah. And you you think it's like you you, you like it? It's useful. I think it's useful. Um, I didn't notice something. Um, 
You know the... I don't know if this is how they got the extra battery life out, but have we figured that out yet? How they got the extra battery life out from that update? I don't know. It could just be code optimizations for the OMAP3 chip. See, I don't know if it is, because... You know when you have... You know when nobody ever puts ambient mode on and, like, keeps it on? Yeah. And has the, the always-on display? I've okay. noticed that when you have the... When you have the watch down by your side, the screen is actually off. Mm-hmm. But when you move your wrist a bit, it, it gives you that like that like kind of ambient on look. And then when you lift your wrist up, it lights up the display. So it's not it's not actually always on. It's like when it's Even- when the watch senses that you are completely like like not active, it switches that display off. Mm-hmm. Even though ambient mode is on, at least on mine it does. I don't know if it's a bug or what, but then. Like if there's like a slight movement, the little like the the kind of dimmed screen comes on, and then as soon as I lift it up and make like a sudden movement, it lights up. It lights up like full brightness. So that's brilliant. That's that's exactly the way it should be. Yeah. So it's. So I don't know. I don't think anybody would complain about that. Yeah. I certainly shout wouldn't. Out, shout out to Marcus for figuring that one out. But um. <laughs> Good job, Marcus. But yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if, if that's how they did it. Because I don't know if we did that before, because I got mine, mine's a Google I.O. unit, and I got mine right as, like, because the Canadian units shipped later. So I got mine right as that update came out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's always been like that. No, I think it has. I just think that they must have optimized a bunch of code for OMAP3. And, you know, also, like, all the janky animations from before the <laughs> update have been have been <laughs> fixed. Like, I really think this is a great yeah. smartwatch now. Like, low-resolution sure. screen, but still, I mean, it's... But I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of looking forward to the smartwatch 3 from Sony. I don't know why. Yeah? Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure. You didn't seem, like, super jazzed about it, because it was announced during IFA, right? And they... Yeah, but that was just because it was busy, and I didn't really have time to look at it. Um, right. But now, it, so it's, it's, on, it, it's on the Play Store today for pre-order, and it's, it's more expensive than the other two. It's 279 Canadian, which is $60 more than the Gear Live which you should not buy because it's terrible, and $30 more than the G-Watch, which is a really good watch, and you should buy it because it's awesome. But I really do think that the Moto 360 for $279 is the right, and that's also coming October 31st. Uh, that was also announced officially today. So tons of Android Wear stuff. Did we not know that already? We I did. Like we, knew, we knew that it was coming to TELUS on the 31st, but Future Shop... <sighs> okay, um, Future it. Shop... Uh, gave their confirmation that it would be sold on that day as well. So we could have inferred it, and I guess, you know, we did. But uh, this is, like, the official, official stuff. Okay. So, okay, so we have um, Nexus 9. Let's let's go back to the Nexus 9 for a second, because I'm really interested. It's going to be $439 on the Play Store for Canadians for the the 16-gig version. And five hundred and forty-nine dollars for the. Am I right? I'm. I feel like I'm not right. It's, oh, I feel like you're right. It's three nine nine US, right? Three nine nine US, yeah. But we have this weird one hundred and ten dollar difference for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, four twenty-nine Canadian for the sixteen gig okay. Wi-Fi, and thirty-two gig is five twenty-nine ninety-nine. So a hundred dollars difference. Even though in the U.S. it's only a $70 difference. Hmm. So, again, I'm not sure why that is. And then the LTE version, which is a 32-gigabyte version, is uh, coming soon. 
uh, and that's six sixty nine ninety nine. So a hundred and forty dollar difference between the thirty two gig Wi Fi and the thirty two gig LTE. Six hundred and sixty nine dollars. Can you like nobody is going to buy that? Nobody. Nobody. Plus the LTE, the um, keyboard folio is one hundred and twenty nine US. We don't even know the Canadian pricing. That's so, insane. Like that's Nexus. Uh, that, that's like Surface three level stuff here to make this into a laptop replacement. What? That didn't make sense either. Like, I mean, it's not quite like the, it's. It's. I think it's more forgivable with the Nexus nine because the Surface three was billed as you no longer need a laptop because this is both. This is your laptop and your tablet. And yeah. then they said, except you have to buy the keyboard separately. Sorry about that. <laughs> like, even if, even if, like, it should have just been, like, $129 more expensive. And then they should have just bundled it together. But that looks bad, right? So, I don't know. I feel like this is more forgivable because Google is insane that this is going to be your your productivity, like, driver. But, yeah, it's R- still ridiculous. No, I don't know. If, I don't know if anybody should pay $130 for a cover for their, their Android tablet. But, I mean, if you if you look at the iPad Air 2 the LTE version. Right. So there is there is no longer a 32 gig version, but the the 64 gig version of the LTE iPad Air 2 is uh, 799 mm-hmm. and the 64 gig iPad Mini 3 is 689. So you it, the the 32 gig um, Nexus 9 is like just slightly cheaper than the iPad Air iPad Mini 3 with LTE, but it's got half the memory. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, we saw that the the Logan, um, the, the dual-core 64-bit Logan uh, architecture is just, like, ridiculously fast. It's faster was than... Was it Logan or Denver? I thought it was Denver. I thought Denver was the SOC, and Logan Maybe. was the... Like the SOC was like the whole the whole package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Logan was like the CPU architecture. I can't remember. Or I could be conflating them. I think Logan is the SOC. <laughs> and then And Denver um, is the architecture? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Either way. I, I mean I don't know. Either way. So we, we reported on this today that um, the Geekbench scores for the Volantis for the Nexus nine were just out of this like it, it oh out of this gosh. world. Like way faster than the A eight. Um, yeah. And that, so Denver that, is the processor. Logan is the system. Just watch it. Ha! I was yeah. right. You said. You said. Yeah, Logan is the system on chip. Denver is the processor. You said Logan was the processor, right? No. I didn't. We'll, the, we'll check that in post. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, sure. Um, yeah, that, that, those benchmarks were nuts. Like, they're insane. And that that bench, like the Geekbench app, is still 32-bit, right? So it's not even exactly. Yeah, it wasn't even even optimized. Like it's it's bananas. It's so crazy. Although I don't think that Geekbench has been updated on on iOS to support. Oh, it has. Okay, so it's so it's got Arch uh, 64. 64. Yeah. Wow. Positive. Okay. So I ran I ran the uh, Geekbench on my iPhone 6 Plus, Mm -hmm. and it's like. Thirty percent or twenty percent less than the than the uh, Tegra for single, K1 for single core. For single core, yeah. Yeah. But both of them are dual core processors. Yeah. So. Um, and this just go like goes to show that all those people who are like, yeah, quad core is faster. Quad core is faster because there's more cores. Don't really understand <sighs> how architecture works. Yeah. But um. 
But then it goes back to is, I guess, like the Nexus Nine is is insane. Well, the the Tiger K One, the dual core Tiger K One, is insane, but does it need to be in there? Sorry, so you just cut out for a second. I don't know. Like, does it? I you we were you were saying people, you know, it's four cores, it's faster, whatever. It, I don't. Does it? I guess it's because it's sixty-four bit Android. Like it does, but I don't know. People don't need that kind of speed in a tablet. I mean, it's you don't awesome really for need gaming. It. So, but yeah. I don't know. Nobody needs that speed. The A7 no. on the iPhone 5S is still perfectly fast. Yeah. Um, you know, there's lots of headroom for at least a year, mm. le a, le a year more. Where you know, I just reviewed the Snapdragon 805 powered Note 4, which uh, even though the the CPU speed is lower than the A7 and A8, the GPU speed is about on par with the A8. So yeah. Uh, the the Adreno 420 in the Note 4 is really, really quick, but it's still running that Crate architecture. Mm -hmm. And uh, Crate is a bit old now. I mean, it's basically the same architecture that Qualcomm has been shipping since 2012, uh, just in some, you know, with faster yeah. clock speeds and slightly higher memory bus um, and wider memory bus and things like that. And a little bit, you know, a few tweaks here and there, but ultimately it's the same it's process. It's still Crate, yeah. And it's still built on 28, uh, 28 nanometers, nanometer. whereas uh, Denver and A A8 are both 20 nanometer. Mm. Not to mention the fact that the Exynos Octo 7 or 7 Octo or whatever is also 20 nanometer. Yeah. And that was, that was officially announced yesterday, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's all these amazing, you know, cores and, and, and chips here that are desktop class, whatever you want to, however you want to say that. Yeah, because that was the big thing about the... Um about the, the the Nexus 9 when it got benchmarked was that it's um, Geekbench is it's like the same or very close to it approaches the same level as the same scores as the entry level Mac Pro from 2012 yeah which is insane because <laughs> that's running <laughs> that's running a Xeon right an Intel Xeon yeah. chip like just mind-blowingly <laughs> fast and so efficient too right yeah so um, Moore's Law is not dead yet no, um, but are you going to buy a tablet because Mortal Soul is not dead No, I'm not going to buy that tablet, period. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will enjoy reviewing it because of because of <laughs> L. I think L is really what excites me. Lollipop. Um, so, I mean, we haven't really seen Lollipop. They just released a new preview version for the Nexus 5 and 2013 Nexus 7 today. Yeah. And then they released the full SDK to developers today too. Yeah, are, are you gonna put the Nexus Five preview on your on your Nexus Five? Um, my Nexus Five gathers dust while it sobs quietly to itself about how shitty its battery life is. Oh, okay. Like, so it's a, it remains the only Nexus device I've ever given up on. Wow. But I gave up on it. That's sad. Yeah, I've never given up. Like even the Galaxy Nexus. Oh, I kept that. I kept trucking, but it's like. No, I can't. I can't do it. I can't even look at it anymore. But Vole uh, Project Volta is apparently supposed to make battery life in the Nexus Five way better. Ha when did the Nexus Five come out? <laughs> I shouldn't have to wait until there's a new Nexus phone and a new build of Android. Like, oh, I agree. Like but this wouldn't. I like. I don't do this very often. But this would never have happened with Apple. Apple would never have said use it for a year and then maybe we'll think about improving that battery life for you. Like, it was shitty from the start. You wrote your review, you wrote your review, like, 
I think your review for the Nexus 5 came out like like just before the update that was supposed to improve some stuff. Photo quality. Photo quality, yeah. But yeah, they've just been ignoring battery forever. It's like they don't even know it exists. Oh my god, do you remember how terrible the camera was when the Nexus 5 first came out? <sighs> yeah, I do. Oh my god, it was they terrible. Had it. <laughs> oh, that was so bad. Anyway, um, so I mean, and here's the thing, is that this the Nexus 6, yes, it's crazy expensive, but it's also the first, what is apparently the most, no, the, the no-compromise Nexus, right? Uh, every single Nexus phone to date has been full of compromises. So, you know, this has a big battery, beautiful screen, hopefully oh, a great camera. That's what you get, because the Nexus 5 didn't have a small battery. It did, it had a 2300 milliamp hour battery. That's not tiny, though. That's not... Like, I regularly would get to noon and be like, oh god, better, like, better, like, turn off some of these radios because there's no way I'm, like, I'm getting home before before this dies. Like, well, I it agree still should have been lasting longer than it did. Yeah, I mean, even even the 2200 milliamp hour uh, Moto X, the original, gave me yeah. a day of battery life. It gave That's me a better I mean. battery than so the So it's not Nexus like 5. it was... We're not talking like fifteen hundred milliamps, and you're like, okay, well that makes sense. Like it's that battery's got a lot to do. Yeah, I never quite understood that, especially since you know the 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 internals were no different than most of the other phones at the time, right? Um, yeah. You know, it was. I mean, yeah, it had a smaller battery than the equivalent Snapdragon eight hundred powered devices, but yep. it wasn't dramatically so. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean. That's why Volt. That's why I do like Volt. Makes me optimistic for people who still have the next five, but for people who have like five phones sitting in a drawer because of just being by nature of what they do, I think that I'm like, no, I'm not going back to that. So what are you running right chance. now? I'm using the HTC One M8 uh, Google Play Edition. Mm. But it is not without its own problems. So we'll see. True. True. Say. So, yeah, I, I think that this week has been really interesting uh, just from a device perspective. I, I just, as I said, I finished reviewing the Note 4. That's coming out on the 24th. So that's going to get get what to market. What do you think of it? Honestly, it's one of my favorite phones I've ever used. It really? is. Um, it's just, it's not, I mean, again, like you said about the Nexus, it's not without its problems. Or the one I made. It's not without its problems, but it is just a superlative piece of hardware. It's well made. Mm. The battery lasts a long time. Once you turn off all the blips and bloops in the in, in, in the sound settings, it it doesn't TouchWiz doesn't annoy me. Uh, That's and, impressive because TouchWiz for ages was so fucking annoying. Oh, it's I mean it still has its issues. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I can overcome them fairly easily because Google has done so much to release its own apps to the App Store, so you can get rid of TouchWiz yeah. Launcher. Uh, by downloading the Google Now launcher, you can use the Google Now keyboard or the Google keyboard. You can use Hangouts as an SMS client instead of the stupid, you know, uh, Samsung SMS client. Like there are all these ways to replace the stock standard stuff. But mm. even even if you don't, even if you stay with TouchWiz launcher, even if you stay with the next with the uh, Samsung keyboard and the messaging app and the calendar app and whatever other crap that they pre-install. <laughs> it's actually not bad, right? Like they they redesigned them all around the same time as the as the Galaxy S5 came out, and they've done some minor improvements here. Uh, but by and large, 
it doesn't really get in its own way anymore. It just kind of works. Yeah. And I think that's because Google got up in their grill and was like, listen, uh, you're going to cooperate with us. You're going to stop yeah. trying to recreate our own services. So um, you were there with me during the Samsung, the, the yeah, Note 4 briefing. Yeah, that was super interesting. And they said that uh, they're getting rid of paid apps in their Galaxy App Store unless they're specifically tailored to the Samsung experience. Like, that's awesome. Is it, is it to specifically tailored to the Samsung experience or specifically tailored to a specific Samsung device? I thought it would have to be device-specific. Right. I, I think that it... Like, for example, I'm talking about Samsung experience, meaning the Note 3 or the Note 4, right? Like, right. Okay. Um, they, they have a, a version of, of Autodesk Sketchbook that mm. is that gives you all of the set like all of the in-app purchases for free um and on the play store that would be like a like a four dollar in-app purchase yeah so all of these things are available to you you don't have to download them but they're there and they're actually kind of useful does anybody know about the samsung galaxy app store though i hope not but i mean <laughs> oh, sorry like it's not it's 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 a black hole of content yeah. But um, I don't know. I think that, uh, and there's nothing good in there. Don't get me wrong. Like no, there is no original content in there. Everything there is just a terrible, terrible app. But there are mm-hmm. a few pieces of software that are also in the Galaxy, in the Play Store, that are available for free from Samsung, and they're not in available. A, yeah, in a duplicated form, right? Right. So I think, but those are the ones that have been optimized for the Galaxy. So I don't know. Yeah. But overall, you find it Note 4 to be A-OK? I like it. I mean, I'm I'm probably not going to switch from my Moto X just because uh, I really love the Moto X. And I, like, I, my, my two phones right now are the, the black Moto X and the iPhone 6 Plus. And, um, you know, I, I, I really think that, to me, the only advantage anymore to the iPhone is the app ecosystem and the camera. And I think the Note 4 gets as close to uh, the iPhone. So why won't you switch? Because of the apps. The apps are just better. No, I mean, why won't you switch from from the Moto X to the Note 4? Well, I prefer the size of the Moto X. I I think that uh, active notifications or Moto display is uh, just amazing. Uh, Right. Like, the only issues I had, and I wrote in my review, the only issues I had with the Moto X were slightly underwhelming camera performance and a a worrying battery that usually only gets me till about 9 p.m. before I have to charge it. Mm -hmm. But I've gotten into the habit of of, uh, recharging my phones throughout the day anyway. And I always have a battery pack with me. So for me, the Moto X kind of, it works with my my life. But if you're a heavy user, I wouldn't recommend it. What about the Note 4? Do you, do you, how how far does it get you? Oh, it was... Amazing! Like I got yeah. thirty, about twenty-eight to thirty hours of, of like regular use, and uh, it got eleven hours in my like battery looping test, which is better than the Note Three, yeah. better than the One M Eight, better than the Galaxy S Five. Um, just like really, really good. So I'm excited. It's also just like a nice phone, right? It's like well made. It's kind of it's nice looking. It's a beautiful looking. phone. Yeah. So it's like it's got those those kind of Galaxy Alpha, I guess, like hardware accents that that I feel like 
the rest of the galaxy line has been missing for years. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it's the only thing that's going to get in people's way is the price. I think Canadians are going to be really upset by the fact that it's $300 on contract. Yeah, that's pretty boring. But I that's, know. I mean, that's iPad, I mean, that's iPhone 6 Plus territory anyway. Yeah, that's why I feel like they're, they're going to get used to it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that the Nexus 6 is going to be similar. So. Yeah, probably. It's probably the two, norm. Two hundred to two fifty. BlackBerry Passport was two fifty, two or two fifty to three hundred, depending on the car. I think Telus was a Telus that was three hundred. Yeah, Telus is usually so. a bit more expensive for some reason. I don't know why that is. That's it's weird. Yeah. Just their yeah, premium so. brand. The pandas—they don't work for free. They don't. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I feel like that's that's the norm. Three hundred dollars is like the norm off. Like it's the new one ninety nine. The new normal for Canada. It's, yeah. Get used to it. So like it or lump it. So let's um let's chat a little bit about Rogers next and the the disillusion of the of the early upgrade system. So you you wrote today that uh, the early that disillusion, yeah. The early disillusion of the early upgrade system. Uh, you wrote about it today. So tell tell us about it. Yeah, this is interesting because I wasn't I wasn't at Mobile Syrup when it, when when they launched this or when Telus did their their TO thing last year but um yeah i i just again it's one of those things that i think coming from coming from europe and having like a completely different like history for myself like a personal history with the like phone service and cell service like the very idea that you would have to pay for this privilege in the first place is just disgusting to me like i remember i specifically remember my family trading upgrades like crazy like, my dad would be like, oh, I've been here for two years, so I'm eligible for an upgrade. And it was just, like, a good faith thing that your carrier offered you. Like, there was no strings. There was no, like, oh, you have to pay X, Y, and Z. It just came as part of your plan. And that's... Rogers kind of did that where you had to be, like, you had to be above $60 a month. Mm-hmm. But then you still had to pay, like, a $30, like, or 25 or 30 depending on which plan you got or something. But yeah, it's crazy. So their 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 thing is that they they didn't give a reason for it. They haven't really officially announced it. We just got we just got some information on it that it was being discontinued. Uh, current customers still have st- I don't know, but they still have to because Rogers hasn't. I assume they're not going to clarify. But they basically said people who are already enrolled can continue to pay their monthly thing, and then after twelve consecutive months of payments, they can get their zero dollar upgrade for up to two hundred fifty dollars subsidy. But I don't know what options there are for people who, who don't want to continue. Yeah. I don't know I, who I don't know who enrolled in this. It's like it's one for the suckers. Like I don't know who who did who wanted who who saw this and was like that's a good idea for me. Well, I mean it, it is a good idea for people who know that they're gonna continue staying with the same carrier and who wanna right. get a new phone every year without paying a huge amount for it. So the way it works but then you have to you, give you, back your old phone. Right, you just you just trade it in, so it's not it's not necessarily cheaper, but it's also it's just a lot easier. It's more convenient, and I think that's right. where they're going with that. It's just more it's a more convenient way to trade in your phone every year, without a more convenient way for them to get you to sign a to new two year contract without having to call you on the phone and harass you for three weeks. Right, I mean you're volunteering that, and it's it's brilliant. I mean it's the U.S. carriers have been doing it for a long time, but uh, the um, the uh, PA, PIA, PIAC, um, they CAC. yeah they they filed a complaint with uh, with the CRTC earlier this year 
about how the next and T-up programs actually contravene the wireless code. Yeah, because, because they, they say that they fall into the, the TC's I guess, definition of deposits, and they mm-hmm. should be treated as such. Right, so, so you're paying a certain amount every month, and that should go towards the cost of your of your cancellation fee. Yeah, and I think I don't I don't know how, how you know how the CRTC classifies deposits, but I'm assuming it's a case of if you decide not to go forward with the item that you've put a deposit on, you get that deposit back. Like that Correct. seems logical. <laughs> well, just that the amount of money that you've put towards the phone, if yeah. you decide not to go forth with it, you actually don't. That money does not doesn't go towards right. the the balance of your smartphone. Right. So you're so, spending twenty eight dollars a month or whatever it is, but if you if you leave the program early, that twenty eight dollars doesn't go towards um, doesn't go to, go doesn't go towards tab, paying yeah. the cost of your of your smartphone cancellation. Right. Right. It's basically. Um, going towards paying off the next phone rather than paying for the balance of the of the but phone then you currently own. If you do go with it, if you if you say after twelve months you're like, yeah, I'm going to get the new iPhone now. One, you have to pay the balance of because it only covers up to two hundred fifty dollars. You have to pay the balance, so you'd have to pay your extra like fifty bucks or whatever. But don't they waive your the remaining device, the remaining cost of the device? Yes, they do. Yeah, but, but then I... if you leave, you don't get the money back, and you have to pay off the device. Yeah, I think it only contravenes the wireless code if you cancel early. Yeah, and you uh, want to go. Because I'm you, assuming the CRTC defines deposits as something that is refundable. <laughs> yes, that any money that you've paid towards your the cost of your phone uh, that you've bought on contract has to go towards that the remaining yeah. balance, um, which inevitably goes towards your cancellation fee. Because yeah. it's no longer... We no longer pay our, for our phones on subsidy. They're... They're basically just um, amortized over a certain amount of, of months. Mm. So like we a, we yeah. say they're we say they're subsidized, but it's really a tab. Yeah. Because there's no such thing as a as an early cancellation fee anymore. Right. Which is great. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Telus like I don't know what this is going to mean for Telus's T up exclamation point. Uh, I don't know. What? I mean, who knows if Rogers can actually cancel it for that reason, or if it was just because nobody yeah. was was using it. Who knows? I don't I mean, know which is more likely. They're honoring they're honoring current subscribers anyway, so it's not like those people who didn't yeah. s- who signed up can't go through with it. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, not it's like still they're being told, "Thanks for the money, but we're not doing that anymore." So. Exactly. Yeah. But it is interesting for for people who it just yeah the complaint raises an interesting question for if people leave they yeah it kind of I, I don't know if you read like all bajillion pages of the actual filing but they're it, they basically said that it, it kind of offers you no other way out like if you decide you're like hey i want to leave rogers you kind of realize you've been paying for your next device already and it gives you no other option but to stay so mm-hmm. which i think is, is is fair it's a fair assessment but so it's just kind of sad that if people people got sold on this and now they're listening <laughs> and they're like realizing that it's it's a raw deal. They can't do anything about it. It's yeah. some cost. That's true. I don't know, and I also don't know if you can cancel your T up or your your Rogers next when when the program was in place. I don't know if can you can you say oh I've paid for it for seven months but I don't want it anymore. I don't think so. I mean you can, but I guess that Is was their whole thing. Is it part of your thing. contract? Uh, Is it like that payment part of your contract? I don't know. I'm gonna have to read more into it. Yeah. Um. 
So let's um, let's go uh, in a different direction. Let's. Uh, you have any sort of apps that you were using this week that we can that we can focus on? Oh no, I have been too busy to use apps. All these new devices. Um, I don't really. Uh, the only thing that I'm excited about is the the Easter egg in in Lollipop. Well, that's sort of an the, app. Isn't it an app? Because sometimes, sometimes the Easter egg is just a picture, and sometimes it's actually something you can interact with. But it's basically a Floppy Bird clone with the little droid bug who bounces around. Well, and that's that's cute. It is cute. Um, so yeah, try that when you get Lollipop. If your device gets Lollipop. I'm uh, um, I'm gonna go home right right now and actually install it on my uh, Nexus Five. Uh, you let me it, know how that goes. <laughs> I will. Um, uh, my. What about you? Any apps? My app of the week is Ardio, and I, I love Ardio. It's my favorite streaming radio service. Uh, it was just updated with the ability to uh, select between uh, streaming quality tiers, so you can go from 64-bit AAC all the way up to 320 kilobit. That is Sorry, awesome. not 64-bit, 64 kilobit per second, uh, yeah. all the way up to uh, 320. So the that's, that means that they've basically re-encoded their entire music library, which must have taken them forever. Uh, Spotify did this a while back, and yeah. I think Google Play Music current, like, does allow for something like that, and Deezer also allows that. But RDO is still my favorite, and I recommend that you try it. Um, why, is RDO, why is it your favorite? You know, I just I love the social features. I love the app design. I love the recommendations. I just I, I, I feel more comfortable using it than any other service. And I, I like I buy all the other services too. Like I currently am subscribed to four streaming music services because <laughs> I'm because mm. I'm testing them all out. So and I still think that RDO is the best. Yeah. But awesome. uh, feel free to disagree and leave uh, your favorite streaming service yes. in the comments. So and your apps of the week too. And Tell your us what apps we should of the be week. downloading. Uh, shout out to everybody and in the comments, uh, in the comments mm. and shout out to Douglas who is traversing your your home and native yeah, land. Yeah, he's in Ireland. He's in Ireland drinking all the pints and he kissing kissed the Blarney Stone. Gross. What a stud. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So right. that's awesome. Thank, thanks, Daniel, for another awesome podcast. You too, and uh, we will see you back next week in the office, hopefully. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 